Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. In-depth conversations. Matchup breakdown. Analysts on every game. Everything a Steelers fan could want. This is Fourth Down in the Steel City with your hosts, Adam Crawley and Colin Dudlap. What's up? Episode 7 of Fourth Down in the Steel City. I'm Adam Crowley. He's Colin Dunlap. And guess what we've got for you? A little football between the Steelers and Seattle Seahawks. Colin, you can hardly contain yourself. I can see. I can feel the palpable energy. You, you can feel it. I'm outside. I'm outside on the back deck. That's how excited I am because I'm so, I'm so damn excited about this weather, about this preseason game about Steeler football being kind of for real, kind of. And uh, we're here. Let's let's freaking go. But I, I'm just I'm beside myself that we're going to see men in uniform mm-hmm. going up against men in other uniform. Yes, they are not going to be going up against men wearing the same uniform. And people may see if they're watching a video. I guess they're not. Uh, when they get the video cut out of us later on, I am wearing a Steeler shirt. Do not think that this is me being a fanboy. This is me with my Mitch Trubisky player tee on as a means to stir the pot with one Andrew Filipponi who works on our radio station, 93.7 The Fan. Big move, I think, you could pull tomorrow, Colin. Not just you, but like the general you. Yeah. 70 degrees at kickoff. You open the windows while the game's on. You let a little fall-feeling breeze come through while you're watching the game. Might even feel like an early regular season game then. Do one of those bullhorns? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I like that move. like that move. Do you like the move of Mitch Trubisky being the starting quarterback, playing a quarter, and then – us seeing 
for a little bit longer, maybe than a quarter Mason Rudolph and then followed by Kenny Pickett. Do you like the quarterback rotation, Colin? I do. I, I, that gives Mitch Trubisky uh, time to work in with the ones. So that's good. That's the, it's the goal and the aim here, right? That's been the goal and the aim the whole time. So there you go. That works. Uh, so that's the first part. The second part of all that is then you get to see someone who you may be trading. You may be not the balance of the workload. And there you go. You get to see him. Uh, the only apprehension I have, but somebody has to draw the short stick and it's Kenny Pickett getting that opportunity with the third string guys who are going to stink and maybe getting killed because, you know, third string linemen stink. Some guy from, you know, wherever, Sacramento State, they even have football. And so somebody like that, and you could potentially get your first round pick killed. That's something I don't want to see, but somebody has to play with those guys. You're right about that. I do find it interesting that Kenny Pickett, when he's looked better in training camp, according to everybody with eyes, is when Kenny Pickett wasn't playing with the third team and getting murdered because the offensive line sucked. And now we're going to see an extended period of time with the bright lights of Akrasher Stadium on him when he is playing behind that third string offensive line. Somebody's got to do it. I guess I'm okay with it. But I'm really not expecting a great performance from Kenny Pickett for all the reasons stated above. Yeah, I'm not either. I'm expecting because he's going to have down the liners with him. You right. know, he's going to have that. He's going to have no threat at running back. Who have no threat. Uh, the tight ends won't be in there. Neither of the tight ends that'll factor in the offensive line. The guys, you know, we're skeptical about the first team, let alone third team guys. But the only saving grace is he'll be going against guys who generally right. won't be all that good. So perhaps that'll help him out some. I do think, though, what you have to do, and let, let's say everybody gets out of this healthy, and gosh, I hope that they do, you have to flip-flop in some way then the second game somehow and manipulate it to where you get to see the quarterbacks all with, with the top-end talent at some point. Yes. That has to happen. 100%. You have to, if you're not doing it based on performance right now, which Mike Tomlin has said, this is their plan and it's been their plan through camp and this is their plan right now. If it's not performance based at this point, I don't know that necessarily the next game can be performance based either, Colin. I think you have to thoughtfully rotate those quarterbacks next time too, because if you go based on only performance from this preseason game, well, you're probably going to have to wind up shaking it out the same way again because the first team guy is going to play with the first team, the second team guy is going to play with the second team, and Kenny Pickett's going to play with the third team. You can't do it based on performance then, I don't think. No, you just can't. You can't. I am really interested into how they're going to evaluate each quarterback. And if they're on – this, try to follow me here. If they're on a scale against each other or if they're on their own curve, hmm. that is to say if Mitch Trubisky is on a curve against 100, so to speak – uh, Mason Rudolph's on, on that same curve and Kenny Pickett's on a curve where his 80% performance rate would essentially be a hundred or if he's competing really against Mitch Trubisky and Mason Rudolph. I don't, I don't know that to be the case. It feels like, it feels like at this point they've kind of punted on the thought and notion of Kenny Pickett playing, not just in the first game, but even early in this season and it's full on development. It is, the freshman that comes in and you know that there's upperclassmen ahead of you and let's just try to make you better. Like it doesn't feel like there's thought of him playing in the games and forget the first one. I'm talking about like the first five or six. Yeah. I think you are right about that. And 
I would then in subsequent preseason games, make sure if it's all about development, then give Kenny Pickett an opportunity to play with some players that he may well play with on Sundays at some point, either later on in the season or some of the big time guys that are going to be his teammates even next year. I don't think you can continue throwing him out there with the third team and expect there to be much development. In fact, in training camp, when he played with the twos, he was significantly better, people said, than he was when he was playing with the threes. And could that be confidence and growth and just getting used to the process? Of course it could be. But I think it's also safe to say that the Steelers, if their first team offensive line's not very good, then your third team offensive line's probably going to suck. I did also want to talk about what Mike Tomlin said regarding the first team rotation, not of quarterbacks, but of everybody else. Right. And we'll get to the defense coming up in segment number two of episode seven of fourth down in the steel city, but the offense Colin, Mike Tomlin said some of these first teamers, if they need work, they could play more than a quarter. I think the phrase uses, they could bleed over into a quarter and maybe our eyes will all bleed. If we have to watch this first team offensive line for longer than a quarter here, but I look at this offense and I wonder who wouldn't fit in the category of guys who need snaps to get better. I think probably Najee Harris. And then apart from that, I mean, everyone else for me, they could all probably use the reps. Yeah, Najee Harris, Fryermuth, and Deontay Johnson. Uh, and probably Chase Claypool. Yeah. And then you have various injuries, which will preclude those guys from playing all that much anyway. But other than that, absolutely positively, not just for the sake and the – and the thought that they haven't played a lot or they haven't, you know, uh, they're not guys that are established. They might not be guys that were established such as Mason Cole, guys who are established with this football team. That's another sort of complex part of all of this. Just because you're a veteran or just because you've played around the NFL doesn't mean you've played around the Pittsburgh Steelers. And there needs to be an infusion on what is the expectation here or meshing with your teammates here. You know, James Daniels, somebody like that. So it is a tricky balance as to we need work. We have to have to have guys uh, get some run, but we can't overwork them and risk injury. If Najee Harris touches the football in the preseason, I'll be upset. So I'm preparing to be upset because I do think he will. I'm not sure he will in this game against Seattle. He did perform in a practice where they wore pads just a day ago, which was also kind of odd. We didn't talk about this on the morning show, Colin. The fact that Mike Tomlin had his team in pads hitting each other two days before a preseason game is very unorthodox. Of all the time that I can remember having been at St. Vincent College for training camp, and I was there for a month out of my year for six straight years, I don't remember that ever happening And I'm wondering what that means. Is that an offensive line thing? Is it a defensive line? Is he not happy with the development of his team and he figures he needs to get them more snaps before the game? I don't know what it means, but I do know that it's different. Yeah, I don't don't think it's – here's the thing, because you work from the top down and try to eliminate things. I don't think it's some message-sending situation where, oh, these guys aren't tough enough and I don't like what I've seen from them and we're going to throw it back. I think it might be, and you know, I was really thinking about this when I saw that and how unorthodox it was. It was almost a an Oklahoma's light kind of thing in terms of how the drills went, too. Perhaps it's just an understanding of how limited time you truly have to hit. 
you know, because then once you come, uh, once you come West, so to speak, and you get to the regular facility and the real practices start, how often do you, do you practice tackling? How often do you hit? How often do you have also, I was thinking about this too. And this is a sad state of affairs, but it's a reality in the NFL. How often do you have expendable people that you can go ahead and knock the hell out of? That's true, too. And I think that that's probably part of it. You got Johnny down the liner, you know, from Iowa Tech Northeastern that is running the football. And it's okay for, it's okay for you know, Miles Jack to knock the hell out of him. It It ain't okay for Miles Jack to hit somebody else that's actually going to make the team you're right i think that that's a very good point there's also this and you touched on it you're only allowed to practice in pads during the regular season 14 times there's 17 games there's a bye week so you're looking at 18 weeks you don't even get to do that once a week right and mike tomlin's working with an offensive line that they ain't played together for longer than this camp and even still guys have been in and out and you're trying to build continuity I think it's probably mostly about that. It's also a younger team than he's used to. Uh, veteran guys like TJ Watt, Cam Hayward, they're not going to be put through the ringer, but everybody else, you're trying to develop them. So I'm not even saying I dislike it. In fact, I think I'm fully on board with it. It just struck me as odd, something that I don't remember ever having seen. One last thing here on the offense, Colin, and we touched on this earlier, the offensive line, as good as the skill position guys could be, if the offensive line sucks, none of it matters. But I did want to circle back to the quarterbacks really quick. Yeah. I really want Mason Rudolph to go out there and throw like 12 touchdowns and make at least one GM in the league go, that guy's it. That guy can be our backup. Please. Like, I don't, I think you go one of two ways if you're rooting for Kenny Pickett to get the two spot, which I am. Either Kenny Pickett performs admirably and Mason Rudolph stinks, or what I just said. And you can make yourself trade bait if you're Mason Rudolph. That's the one I'm looking for because at least then he could turn into an asset. I am just looking at it solely indigenous to Mason Rudolph. I am looking and want Mason Rudolph to perform at one of the two ends of the spectrum. One, be lights out. So potentially he could help this football team. Look, I think Mitch Trubisky's a better quarterback, but I could be wrong. Or two, he is so deplorably awful that you go ahead and you can – you don't need to try to sell it to anybody else that it's just okay to cut him or <laughs> release him, even if you don't get anything for him. And then he can move on with a Kenny Pickett era in terms of being the backup. And it doesn't need much ju more justification beyond that. Because you know what would really suck? And you know what the, the worst case scenario really is? It isn't that Mason Rudolph outplays Mitch Trubisky because then you could still justify Mitch Trubisky and say, hey, look, he was good in the games. Like he played for the Bears and the offensive coordinator sucked it. We're still putting him out there. Right. The worst case scenario is that Kenny Pickett isn't good and Mason Rudolph's like kind of good. And that not spectacular, but kind of good. Like I'm talking six for 11 for, <laughs> you know, <laughs> 57 yards or something and you're like eh with no interceptions and no touchdowns but Kenny Pickett's not good at all right that that's the part where if if Rudolph performs in like a no man's land he has to perform at one of the two ends of the spectrum that really helps the Pittsburgh Steelers Colin are you yes. okay look behind you it looks like a cloud may have even 
scurried its way into the shot. I, oh, you know what? The, it, I'm trying. I'm, I'm seeing that. Wow. I am. This I, might be a top ten Pittsburgh weather day of the year. It might even be on a shorter list than that. All right. It's right now. I think it's seventy four degrees. Oh. Few clouds in the sky. It's beautiful. Low humidity. If someone were to bitch, because we're full of people that who like to bitch in Western Pennsylvania, what could be their legitimate gripe, if any? Let's talk about that. What what, what could it be, if any? I walk in from outside, and it's the exact same temperature as my house, and I can't have that. I don't know. I mean, it, it might be the perfect day. This is my perfect day. I don't need it any hotter than this. Any cooler than this? Nope. This is perfect. And for the football game, yeah, 70 degrees at kickoff? I mean, I might, I might buy a ticket and go down. Because I'm, all, I'm trying to think. I always try to put my, my head into the kind of the pessimists of the world. Because I'm not one. Uh, you know, uh, popular belief is wrong. I'm not a pessimist. I'm just a realist. I'm right down the middle. But what would be someone's griping bitch about today? Is 74 too hot? You know what? It might be. Let me just check the UV index. Okay. It might still be a no. good sunburn day. No. UV index is like six tops, maybe four, four, four and a half. Over under is 4.8. It's not humid enough, Colin. My plants, they're going to dry out. Okay, there's that. I'm searching far and wide for. Yeah, I've really reached here. What do you say we reach for a couple of football topics, too? Let's do it. Next. Presented by T Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. In-depth conversations, matchup breakdown, analysts on every game, everything a Steelers fan could want. This is Fourth Down in the Steel City with your hosts, Adam Crawley and Colin Dunlap. Episode 7, Segment 2, Fourth Down. Go ahead, uh, introduce it and then I have a question. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, we're good. We're back. We're live while we're taping. We are. Yeah, episode two or seven and segment yeah. two, fourth down steel city. Go ahead, go ahead. What do you got? What do you got? I want to interject got? something. Mm-hmm. You saw the Harry Carey uh, hologram <laughs> that everybody's talking about? Yes. If you could go to a Steeler game and there be one Steeler hologram, what would you want to see at the at a Steeler game? Hmm. I really wouldn't mind seeing a hologram of James Harrison line up on the opposite side of T.J. Watt. That might help things. Pretty good. Because somebody on our show today brought up 
a hologram of Myron Cope leading the crowd in a big game in a terrible towel way. Uh, Myron in the trench coat, you know, and standing there, and all five, two and a half of them, uh, waving the towel. I think that would be spectacular. But let's think of some other things. Like, imagine, well, you know, the. You know what? Uh, go ahead. What if the chief walked out and flipped a coin, you know, with a with a cigar hanging out of his mouth? That's, I was thinking, what if the chief was just sitting there or just or what if the ambassador was just walking down the sideline? <laughs> they could get the hologram of the ambassador just walking down the sideline before the game. But the chief sitting there with a cigarette and just goes, hey, let's go get them, boys. You know, in that voice. It, oh, Oh, that would do it. I do think that if there was a five foot two Myron Cope hologram twirling the terrible towel, that it would be the greatest terrible towel twirl that we've seen. I remember back the AFC championship in 2010 and you have Larry Richard saying, okay, national TV's on you right now. Let's get this terrible towel thing going. And everyone's going wild. Larry Richard legend. He ain't no dug up from the grave Myron Cope. If they ever had the hologram Myron Cope lead a terrible towel twirl and wave, you know what it would look like? Do you remember those videos and those old that old footage when the Beatles landed in America and yes. the people were getting off the they were getting off the plane and people were storming the runway and screaming? It would look like that. That people would be just crazy for it i i want you know what they got money over there especially now with accuracy whatever however the hell you say it i say it wrong all that. i don't care they make myron cope hologram happen right there at the 50 i saw somebody on twitter say that there should be a roberto clemente like his 3000th hit stand out there at second base take his helmet off do that kind of hologram no way in god's green earth is that money being spent by the Pirates to make that happen? Pittsburgh Steelers, Acro, whatever. Yes. Yeah, you can How make it happen. How about a John Neese hologram standing on top of the steel building retrieving some of the home runs he gave up? <laughs> you, you, People might not know. I'm sure you do if you're listening to this podcast. You go to the John Neese well just enough to where you don't overdo it but that I laugh every single time you bring up that left-handed bastard. Well, because he signifies an opportunity in a crossroad that could have been uh, pounced upon to make the organization better, but they went back and and took two steps back because they chose John Neese when they traded Walker, as opposed to re-signing people and actually building on success. John Neese is emblematic in the personification of we were right there and kind of gave up. Well, to that point, on Cleveland radio this week, Colin, they were talking about the Steelers possibly being in a rebuild. And this, because Cordell Stewart brought it up on the PM team, former Steelers quarterback, obviously, with Andrew Filipponi and Chris Muller, he said the Steelers don't believe in rebuilds, but this is kind of as close as they get maybe to a rebuild, don't know who the quarterback is, uh, whatever. And they argued, the Browns radio folk, Mm -hmm. that – the Steelers can't be rival number one right now because they're going through it. Meanwhile, the Bengals and Ravens are predicted to have success. The Steelers are going through it, 
When last year they went nine and eight. This is and, a good topic. This is a good made topic. the playoffs. I mean, I actually they, that would be Cornell the pinnacle here. of the Browns' success pretty much over the course of the last 30 years. I, I, I love this topic because I actually believe Cordell and Cordell's right in all this. The Steelers don't rebuild. They made soft rebuild or rebuild on the fly or bits and piece rebuild, uh, but they do not full-on rebuild. That's for sure. Second of all, the Browns don't have any right to go ahead and sort of name their rival considering – they got the hell beat out of them by everybody. Certainly they came in here and won a playoff game and that was a stroke of luck. And it was a one-off season, I think for the Cleveland Browns. Thirdly with the Steelers and back to the rebuild stuff. I under Mike Tomlin, I don't think that they'll ever hit anything. You know, I'll just say it. I, I don't know if we'll ever have them. I don't know if we'll ever let them have a losing season. I don't know if we'll ever let that happen just by sheer, it's weird, but like football, God will, you know, something like that. Like they just, they find a way enough times is the way, the best way for me to put it. I have never seen, we have never seen Mike Tomlin lose a football team. We, we just, we haven't. Uh, to me, when you are 0-3 and 1-4, and and then you know the rest of your season, you've got Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph, and you can't have a losing season then. You you ain't having one. Uh, for them to start off two and six in the early 2010s and finish eight and eight. Mike Tomlin, for all the reasons he gets criticized around here, and there's a lot of viable reasons, no doubt about it. Not winning playoff games and not being competitive in playoff games deserves criticism. No question about it. For all of his faults, his guys buy in to every week mattering. And I've always respected that about Mike Tomlin. And you know, we might talk about how the playoff failures should negatively affect the perception of Mike Tomlin. Again, fine. But I am happy that the Steelers are not ever going to be the butt of jokes the way that Cleveland is, the way that Cincinnati's been. And Baltimore never really was the butt of any jokes, but we've seen them go 5-11 and 11 in the not-too-recent past. That doesn't happen here. You do not become the laughing stock of the league with Mike Tomlin as head coach. And, you know, that's not the pinnacle, but there is value in that. No, I agree with you. There'll never be Jacksonville. There'll never be Cleveland in the bad years. It's just not going to happen with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I absolutely agree with you. Mike Tomlin really bullish on his run defense, saying that he expects to be dominant. Colin, they gave up 200 yards rushing six times last year. I gave up the most yards per carry in the league and were the worst rush defense in the NFL. There's no other way to put it. Now, though, he says he expects them to be dominant. We talked about this. If he expects them to be dominant and they're not dominant, why shouldn't we expect them as fans, as analysts, expect them to be dominant too? Yeah, if he says it, the expectation should be here. Uh, let me ask you and throw this back at you. The expectation to be dominant. Tyson Alualu kind of got healthy. Larry Ogunjobi comes in after failing a physical. I'm not trying to paint this negative, but that's that's what happened, right? I'm not wrong there. He fell to the Steelers. Miles Jack came in. Okay, I think that's a huge positive. Those are three moves. But outside of that, and those might just be it. That might be the justification for you. How did they get better against the run? Well, those ones are big, but I will say this. 
I was I heard from a former scout the other day who talked about Levi Wallace's tackling ability. The Steelers gave up 75 explosive runs last year. That means 75 runs of 10 or more yards. That is absurd. One of the reasons why is because your corners can't tackle either. And you might have some problems with Terrell Edmonds taking bad angles at times. You need to be better there. Levi Wallace is supposed to be able to help them there. But I'll also tell you this. If they didn't get Tyson Alu-Alu back, if they didn't get Larry Ogunjobi, I'm going to be very clear. I'll use my one swear word I generally allow myself on this here podcast, Colin, to say. I don't give a shit who it is. You needed to be a better run defense this year than last year if only you had an offseason just to sink in it and to swim in it and to ruminate in this. It's a mindset. Last year, without those players, Stefan Tuitt, Alu-Alu, with Devin Bush being a jackass, and I didn't even bring up Miles Jack as part of the answer, which I probably should have, I don't care. They should still have been better against the run last year. It is unacceptable to be that bad in any facet of defense here and with that defensive head coach. And it's unacceptable if they're anywhere near or really outside the top 10 this year, given the personnel that they have. Thinking back to something and Levi Wallace, I want to bring that up again, because that's a very good point by you. You could talk Ferry, you could talk Foot, you could talk uh, Aaron Smith or uh, Chris Hoke or uh, Casey Hampton. You want to know one of the functions of that defense that was really good? Ike Taylor could tackle. Yep. He put people on the ground. He came in. He didn't. He broke down okay, but he absolutely just missled at people and got them and put them on the ground. Uh, Ryan Clark, same way. Troy Polamalu, same way. But that was expected from a, a little bit in the more in the middle of the field. But as a corner, I don't think – if you go back and you watch that tape, I don't think people understand how good of a tackler Ike Taylor was from an edge guy. Uh, everybody overblows and overblows the wrong term. They focus on the one play in which he absolutely blew an assignment in Denver. And it's, it's, it it lingers with his career and they focus on him, not catching interceptions, which, you know, I, I get it. I understand it from a, I think he's one of the most underrated Steelers of the past 30 years. Damn good player. Damn good player. Really good player. And he allowed guys to take chances and do other things, especially in that run game because they knew he was a sure-handed tackler in yes. the run game. There's no two no two ways about that. I think that's fact. Yeah, and Dick LeBeau said it all the time. You got to tackle the catch. But Ike Taylor wasn't afraid to tackle in the running game either. Uh, William Gay was not a great tackler. Uh, you can you, – who was it? Was it Adrian Peterson? He just totally ran him over. But Willie Gay wasn't afraid to mix it up in there. And Deshae Townsend wasn't afraid to mix it up in there. And they didn't have enough of that. Akella Witherspoon was bad last year in terms of tackling. Yes. Um, that's I don't know that that's going to change. But you can't have both your corners, I think, be bad tacklers. Um, this defense needs to be good stopping the run. It can't be mediocre. It can't just be okay. It's got to be – it's really got to be great stopping the run. I think they've got a chance to do it. I think it's mindset, but I think it's also – the personnel additions that they've made. I have a question for you after the break. I have a question when we come back. Uh, it's, it's it's a philosophical fan question. I will answer it mm-hmm. when we return. In-depth 
conversations, matchup breakdown, analysts on every game. Everything a Steelers fan could want. This is Fourth Down in the Steel City with your hosts, Adam Crawley and Colin Dudlap. Episode 7, Segment 3, Fourth Down in the Steel City, Crowley, Dunlap, Colin, you've you've stimulated me here. You say you've got a question. I'm eager to hear what it is. What is that threshold of a dollar amount where you look at and you say, now that, for an event, let's say a game, let's say a Steeler preseason game, which is happening uh, tomorrow evening, happening Saturday evening. Let's say a Steeler preseason. What's the threshold of dollar amount where you look at a sign and you say, okay, now you're screwing me for Hmm. parking. Now you're (laughs) screwing me. A number below that, I understand everybody got to make a buck. But because here's why. I saw that people were saying that the parking lots for Billy Joel were 40 bucks. That's screwing me. That's screwing me, I think. I was going to put the number right there. If if I'm in a pinch and I'm close enough to the stadium, I'd pay forty bucks. Anything more than that, I just can't do it. And forty bucks is stretching it too. Here's it's, why, though. Is it, let me interject real fast. Yep. You pay that forty bucks for convenience for a concert, okay? But a concert isn't a game. A concert all ends and people all generally leave at the same time. For forty bucks, you might be in too deep at mm. the end. Mm-hmm. And you might have to sit in a ton of traffic on the way out. Follow me? I do. I'm a big traffic beater, though. So whether it's a game, whether it's a concert, I'm leaving early and I'm beating oh. the traffic. I know. See, I know. But that's concert, who I am. No, no. Concert, no. Game, maybe, See, if it's this out is, of hand. This might be. This might be the thing that finally makes you start to change your opinion on me, Colin, in the negative. I am going to leave everything early, no matter what. I just am. It's who I am. I've got to leave. I can't stay. Game. And and for a concert, Colin? Yeah. I'm leaving right as the final song starts playing before the encore. So I will never... I don't know that I've ever seen a concert's encore. You've never seen them bow to the crowd, like, at the end, where they all lock arms and... Because you know have you have a good idea, especially in modern times, what the set list is going to be. So the final song before the encore, bang, I'm heading out. I'm listening to it in the stairwell. And then as there's three songs left, maybe 12, 15 minutes left in the concert, my wife and I, whomever, bang, in the car, baby. Let's go. I don't judge you. See, that's that's the way you operate. I, I just I don't ever tell anybody what to do with their money or how to operate. I just express what my um, what my preferences are. You know what I mean? I, I found it off-putting to tell people they're wrong because it's yeah. just their preferences. My preference is I would never do anything like that. Uh, I well, just, you're wrong. Yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> no, I, I'm i okay with being in it for the long haul. Like, I'm all right. I already carved out that day if I'm there. But parking is the one thing that irks me because it is – it's it's totally freaking arbitrary. Like if they they just set a price and there's you can't tell me there's some sort of scientific study that goes, you know what, if we're twenty bucks 
that's a lot different than being 25. Well, it's very frustrating, though, because what happens is when you're there, let's say last year it was 30 bucks. And right. so you show up this year and it's 40 bucks. When you get there and you see the signs, you are in too deep. What are you, you going to do? You're going to go drive around through the mass of the rest of the traffic and humanity to go find another place to park? Man, there's no way. You get down there and you think to yourself, it's either I go fight through more traffic and human beings or I just pay the full freight 40 bucks. They got That's why they do it because they know that they can. The sick freaks. Yes, and our town sucks for public transportation. That's one of the parts. Well, where and potentially where you live. For you, it's good. You can get Mount Lebanon and you can take the T. Me, yes. it's Uber or nothing. And then Uber, they crank you and you can't get real close. So I don't I, I'm not a guy that complains about cost. I'll spend, but parking is the one thing, the one thing that kind of irks me. Back to my question though. The north of 35. It, is is my sort of come on man what are we doing here you know what i'm big for i'm big for making it right with the parking guy hey look <laughs> put this 20 bucks in your pocket let me park here maybe i'll even hit you off next time i come with a gift certificate to wherever that i'm not going to use and you remember me i will touch base bang let's hook it up because the big parking company he doesn't need to know you're just a guy let, let, right. let's let's cut a deal on the side yeah, they're not going to know if every single one of their spots is taken up. They have no clue. They're right, you get a, a parking a parking mole is a good person to have in your in your entourage. Colin, you teach me things every podcast and you help mm -hmm. the people out, which is why we have a life question from a listener. We're going to get to in just a couple of minutes, but before we do get to that, Colin. Sure. George Pickens. 15 touchdowns in one game? I mean, is that what's going to happen? This guy? Can he possibly, here's a way to frame it, can he possibly live up to his preseason hype in this first preseason game? Is there any way? He can live up to mine because, you know, I've tempered it. You know what I want George Pickens to do? This might sound elementary or might sound basic, but so many people have George Pickens, like – you know, they're, they're way out over their skis on them. And I understand the excitement, but they had the same excitement for some other people. I just want George Pickens to show for sure that he somewhere between fits in and stands out. Hmm. I just don't want him to hold, to hold the offense back. I mean, this is a guy in his first NFL preseason game. So many times we say, all right, is he up to the speed of the game? Okay. Does he understand his assignments? Okay. Is he running the right routes? Like, those are just things we need from a guy playing in his first game. I just want him to do that. I want him to go ahead and somewhere between fit in and stand out. As long as he doesn't hold them back, that's the natural trajectory, and then the talent will take over. Wouldn't mind seeing one of those plays that makes me go, oh, daddy. Hey, just give me one. I don't need a handful. I don't need a touchdown. I just want to see him pluck one ball off a dude's head. That's all I want to see. Just go do it. Do it for Mason Rudolph. Help Mason Rudolph get traded. George Pickens, do that. Do that for me, please. Questions, Colin? Are you Let's ready? Be, I'm always, always. This is the best part, yeah. And then we'll wrap up our preseason thoughts for game one after these questions. we got a couple here. <laughs> this one from Mike on Twitter. And at 4th Down Steel is how you can follow our social media account on the Twitter.com. 
Will you root for one QB over the other QBs? I think I know where you're going to come down on this. I will. And the reason I will is because I think that the Steelers are best positioned to win as many football games as possible if Mitch Trubisky is their quarterback. So I'll root for Mitch Trubisky. I I just – I will. That's not rooting against the other guys. Correct. It's just rooting for Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, and I'm exactly in the same point, and I'll take it further down the road a little bit. The best thing, and I've said this before, that can happen for the Pittsburgh Steelers this year is if Mitch Trubisky goes out and throws like 30 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, and the Steelers win 10 games. And then now it's either, okay, Mitch is your guy, or Kenny Pickett's pushed even further. You might have a tradable asset in Mitch Trubisky if you believe in Kenny. If not, you've now found maybe your guy who's got a lot of pedigree in Mitch Trubisky. So I'm really rooting for Mitch. He also seems like a hell of a guy. And you know what? I don't know how much that's supposed to matter to me, but I have a hard time not letting it matter to me. So I want to see that guy do well. Here's a life question from Javon. (laughs) If wife says not to buy a birthday gift, Colin, do you buy her one anyway? Yes. Yes. You buy something minimal, something safe, something you know she's going to use. Something she already has that you replace. That is to say, you walk around and see what kind of candle she has. You see what kind of Mm. perfume she has. You see what kind of, um, I don't know, something that's a reusable sort of thing. And you even, while she's not home or whatever, take that to the store. Like like how you take a light bulb. If a light bulb burns out and you got to make sure to buy the right specialty light bulb and you take it to the hardware store, take that like to Bed Bath & Beyond and say, I need this one. You got so I'm not trying to do it. So then that way it's an exact replacement of something she already has. That's well said. I have been bitten by this. My wife never wants, she doesn't want gifts generally. She always, she always says, no, don't do gifts. We'll spend money on things that we really need, yada, yada. But you're always worried. You're worried. And we have an anniversary coming up, but, and we've made an agreement. We're not going to buy each other anything. You got to just, gotta, you got to do a little something because what happens then if I tell her the same thing for my birthday and guess what? She's bought me something. If I'm the one who doesn't, bad guy so is this as much about love as it is about covering my own ass maybe no you know no. what you can become, it's about though? covering my ass you know what you could become there's always room for this and i've always found this guy interesting the quirky or funny card guy too That's that true. that guy has a has a role you know the, the find the most you go to hallmark you go to the card store whatever and whether it's the card where it has like you know, a funny saying and like the guy with this uh, half like stripper guy with holding a cake or something, or it has some real weird saying or uh, the one with like Garfield on it, like the funny card guy. And you do that and it's perpetual. It's like a gift you do every year. And you always thematically do That's that. That's true. You Be keep that it in guy. theme. My mom got so mad at me. This was either last year or the year before because she gave me a card either for my birthday or Christmas. I don't remember. And she said, you didn't even, did you even look at the card? Did you put the card on, on the fridge? And I said, oh yeah, I looked at the card. She's like, what'd you think of the card? I didn't comment on the card. I said, mom, you didn't write it. She was so offended because she said she spent like 45 minutes going through, picking the perfect card. And I'm like, lady, I love you to death. You didn't, you didn't write it. Hallmark man wrote it for me. Bad guy move, probably bad guy move.
just I'm fake a like well, yeah, you gotta read the card. Even if it's a breeze through cursory glance, uh do that. You do have to do the cursory glance. <laughs> yeah. All right, Colin. Yes. Is there one man who this game could mean more for than Devin Bush? Because I'm struggling to see who this could matter more for than Devin Bush, honestly. Yes. What if Benny Snell fumbles two times and looks terrible? Eh, good point. It, I don't think it can look good for the plus. Like, if he goes out and performs mm. well, he's supposed to. He's And he's going to get carries because Najee, Najee Harris isn't going to be in there. So, Benny Snell, if he performs bad, then the Steelers are right back to square one for RB2, and it is more than a wide-open competition. He actually might serve to get a demotion, and they might look at it and say, you know what, maybe you're not the guy. Maybe you're not the guy. Man, I was looking over here, and you came right around the corner with a bang, Benny Snell uppercut. I thought I was teeing you up to go off Devin Bush if you start missing tackles. This guy's getting well, passed up too. by Bobby Spillane. And that's true, but bang, the old Benny Snell football uppercut, the blind side from you, Colin. You know sure. it's big four too, in the same regard. If he plays, he's been a little bit banged up. But whenever he plays his first preseason game, Dotson. Because Kendrick Green seems to have passed him by. And if Dotson plays better than Green in the preseason game, I think that's going to carry a lot of weight. But oh, more yeah. than that, if he stinks ass and is a turnstile, then, boy, he's going to have a tough time catching back up. Do you think that – do you think that, that – back to Devin Bush, though. Do you think he'll play well? Because – I've lost all hope. I don't know that if you lose the mental side of it, you can get it back. And I think he totally lost the mental side of it last year. I mean, the physical skills are there. He did not want to take on contact. And I guess he's been better in that regard during camp. But, man, the lights are on. There's going to be bodies flying all over the place. I just don't know that he can get it back. I'm leaning a lot closer to no he'll never be able to be that guy, then yes, he'll be able to figure it out again. You know the other part why, and I was on the fence, I, I'm just, I, I think he's in the tank. He looks around the same room and he looks around at practice now. There's legitimate players that inside backer now, he knows who can play. Yeah. I, And I think that he may run from competition. He might. Here, Here's my problem. He's not the anointed son anymore. No, he's not, and Robert Spillane has really played himself into the good graces of this coaching staff. Here's where I am still on Robert Spillane. Anytime he's out there on the field, he is instantly the guy that you pick on if you're a defensive coordinator. Instantly. Can he come downhill and stop the run? Sure he can. But is he going to run with elite or even not elite tight ends in this league? Is he going to be able to follow a back out of the backfield? Could he be a quarterback spy when you're playing these athletic quarterbacks? I think the answer is no on all that. So Devin Bush, if he gets it together, he's still a massive, massive part of this team. It's just unfortunate that I don't think he's going to be able to do that. I, Colin, if, if it was an arena football game and you could only run the football, Robert Spillane would be a lottery pick. Yes. Yes. No doubt about it. That guy can do that. Ask Derrick Henry. Right. There can he do go. much else? Probably not. Big Saturday. Will, Big Saturday. It is. Will we see a hologram of Brian St. Pierre on the field? Maybe Landry Jones, who Mike Tomlin at one point said played the most snaps in preseason history, made that claim without any merit to back it up. 
the most snaps in preseason NFL history, not just Steeler history, NFL history, he said at one point. I need to say more things that are impossible to look up and just own them because that was the ultimate flex by Mike Tomlin. Uh, almost as good as – or that was. That was the ultimate flex. Secondary coming just the other day when he said we wanted to get ahead of Doppler as if <laughs> as if Doppler is a man that predicts the weather. I know. Uh, the Steelers played from behind so much last year that he was really paranoid about getting behind Doppler. Yes. Uh, Colin, that was fun. What do you say we uh, break things down – after the game on Monday. Let's do it. I say uh, Monday evening sounds like a good time. All right, brother. Peace out to the listeners. Go watch some football. Jeez.